This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here today. I'm super excited. I have a behind the mic interview with you with a very special podcaster. I was on her show not too long ago. I had such a blast. I'm like, Annie, got to bring you on amplify you. So please, please let me introduce you to Annie P. Ruggles. She is the host of the podcast that is amazing. And it's called Too Legitimate to Quit. And I know there must be some MC Hammer fanning you somewhere, Annie, because that is too awesome to not be an MC Hammer fan. So first of all, welcome, Annie, and then I'll tell everyone else a little bit more about you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to get to share time with you again. Yes. So, so awesome. I'm really excited. So guys, let me tell you a little bit more about Annie. So Annie harnessed her Hulk-like disdain for hard sales and tacky self-promotion and overly competitive sleazeballs. I love that. That's really descriptive. (laughs) As an inspiration to help people find better ways to grow their small businesses. So she's the founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, and she's guided hundreds of people in making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. So her pride and her joy is her podcast which I mentioned before is called Le- Too Legitimate to Quit, which is instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. So Annie, I had so much fun in your podcast. It, we did a twist on like Back to the Future yes. and it was so much fun. So what the heck, like how did you merge pop culture, small business talk and make your podcast so fun? Oh, thank you. Thank you for all of the compliments tucked into that question. Hey, um, and yes, to go back to what you said, I do love me some MC Hammer. I do have a dream podcast land. Help me make this happen. I have a dream that someday my podcast will have a soundbite that says I'm MC Hammer and I endorse this podcast. Let's make that happen. Nice. Y'all. But in terms of the idea for the show, um, I would wanted to podcast forever. I mean, if you're listening to this show, so have you right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you already are. And if so, awesome. But I couldn't come up with what I wanted to do. And before I taught sales, I taught marketing and branding. And so that kind of stuff is a language that I'm fluent in that I dearly love. And I actually missed talking about. So I thought, should I start a sales centric podcast? Or should I broaden it up and start doing just small business strategy in general? Because then I can bring on people like you, then I can bring on people, you know, that are graphic designers or stuff that isn't necessarily so matchy-matchy with selling. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, what could put my kind of unique stank on it? And I have always sort of loved the idea that inspiration is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And 
I've gotten great, incredible things out of all of the like books that I've read by the giants of entrepreneurship. But I also can turn around and watch an episode of Golden Girls and be like, that's incredible copywriting that Sophia is using to manipulate the scene right now. And I would just for me, that was just normal. That was just how my brain went. But I realized in my teaching more and more, I was finding myself saying stuff like, have you ever seen South Park? Have you ever seen The Sound of Music? Like all the time. And it was always random. But normally it was in that, if I was bringing it up, it was normally in that pop area, right? And so I thought, there's got to be something here. So then I wanted, I wanted to do the show, just me, doing my own, like, here's my Golden Girls episode, here's my Murder, She Wrote episode, whatever it may <laughs> yeah. be. But then it occurred to me, even though my taste is pretty freaking broad, I don't love everything in the world and I certainly don't know everything in the world. And so I thought, what if I bring people in to hang out in their zone of genius, share what they want to share, and then force them with me to pull lessons out of something that they love. And that's how the show in its current format was born. Mm, I love it. So in the actual show, we do talk about small business talk and strategies. And so we talked to obviously in my episode about podcasting, yes. but we also then took a dive into back to the future related yes. back to business. So how can you just share with us? How, how do you orchestrate that in a podcast episode with your, with your guests? Well, one thing that I do that I've actually been advised against by some people, but I kind of hold steadfast in it, is we don't really talk about the pop culture topic mm -hmm. in in most episodes until at least two thirds of the way through. My episodes are longer. They're 45 minutes to an hour, and I understand mm -hmm. that's a long time. So I want to make sure that it's in segments or this or that. But the reason why I bring it in, how I bring it in now, is that I always tell my guests the pop culture is the gimmick, but you are my guest. And the guest is more important to me than the gimmick, right? So when you were on my show, we had the Back to the Future twist. We had a lot of fun with that. But mm -hmm. it's not like you and I weren't having fun talking about podcasting before that, right? right. And so what to me, and I'm so glad you've been on my show so we can use it as a specific example. I want my listeners to fall in love with Michelle Abraham, they probably already love Back to the Future, or if they don't love Back to the Future, they probably have enough of an understanding that they can either turn the episode off at that point because they've gotten what they wanted, or they can be like, oh yeah, isn't that the thing with the DeLorean, with the guy with the hair? I remember that movie. Let's see what they have to say. And then they power through, right? But I, if I just had the entire episode be like, let's take 10 lessons out of Back to the Future, it would eat you. Mm -hmm. And I can't have that happen. Mm, interesting. I love the thought that you put into it because I never would have thought about that. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, that's a great strategy. Um, and I love that, that end of it, the twist at the end too, it probably like keeps people listening longer too, because they want to hear what that fun part at the end is going to be too, because they know yeah. they've known, they now know and expect that from the end of your show. So that's super cool. And then we throw in an actionable twist at the end. So inspired by uh, decades of watching Jerry Springer, I decided that I wanted to end every episode of my show with a final thought like he did. And so I was like, wait, 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 that's how I can make sure that the episode is actionable. Right. So like I just recorded an episode about inventing Anna and we were talking about Anna yeah, Delvey. Oh, my God. Here we go. Anna Delvey, <laughs> fraud or branding. What? And so that one was very um, thinky, 
not very doy, lots of thinky, Mm -hmm. right? But then I promise people, instantly actionable, it's in the strap line, may as well use it. So that final chunk Mm -hmm. gives me time not to quality control because I'm doing quality control all throughout, but I'm it's making sure that the episode is actionable, putting a stamp on it, no matter what my guest does or how they show up. Mm. Makes sense. Yep. Totally makes sense. I love it. Uh, I'm only a few episodes into inventing Anna and I'm like, I'm still confused whether or not it's branding or fraud. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, branding or fraud. We, we did the same thing about Elizabeth Holmes of um, all of her whole thing is like branding or fraud, uh, fraud, mm. that one, fraud. <laughs> yeah. Anna Delvey, jury's still out. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And so now you've had a lot of growth in your podcast. So, um, and I know you, you spend a lot of time on your podcast. You're focused on it. It's your, it's your baby. It's obviously it's doing super well. So what are some of the things that you have done that you can contribute, can attribute to the success of your show so far? Let me tell you what I did wrong first, okay. uh, if you don't mind, <laughs> because I think I, I can't explain how I got it to work until I was explaining why it right. wasn't working. Uh, I was focusing a lot on content and not a lot on growth. Mm-hmm. And when I would get panicky about growth, I would just dump a bunch of money into advertising that I didn't really see go anywhere. But it made me feel better that my air quotes growth bubble was kind of filled, right? That box Mm -hmm. was checked. I realized, though, that I have these incredible guests. They want to share the show. Why am I not making sure in a more timely manner that they have what they need? Uh, Why am I not encouraging people to build community around it, to do their homework together? If every episode has homework, then we should have study hall, right? We should have come do your homework together with Mm. me. I didn't have that. I have that now. Right. I didn't have the glue, honestly, to attach my podcast to my business. It, I didn't think it was matchy matchy enough because I'm not teaching sales. And so I kind of hid my podcast from things like my mailing list because I was like, oh, well, I don't want to annoy them. OK, yes, I do. Yes, I do want to annoy them. If they're on my list, they should be hearing about my podcast. And if they don't want to hear about my podcast, then they can leave my list. Right. But I was being right. But I think the thing that I did wrong is I was being very precious about my show and treating it like my little gorgeous Mm. baby. And so I was introducing everybody to the baby and dressing up the baby and making the baby perform. But I wasn't actually doing anything to go out to the people and be like, hey, here's my show. So it grew well when I was just looking at people like you to bring Mm -hmm. onto the show who then fall in love with the show and listen to the show and Mm -hmm. are on the show and love the show and promote the show. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing anything to random small business owner X and Y to be like, hey, I understand you're having a really stressful week. I just recorded an episode about burnout. Would you like to hear it? And really, honestly, that person to person connection Mm -hmm. seems like it would take forever. But that's when I started seeing exponential growth Mm -hmm. when I used it as a talking point in my own freaking business. Interesting. Did you do that like in social media groups, too, that you were Mm -hmm. in, like just listening to the conversation that was already happening and then find something relevant? Hey, I did an episode on this. 
Mm-hmm. And and I tried for a while to be like, oh, you like Ren and Stimpy? Our first episode was about Ren and Stimpy. And that worked okay. Mm-hmm. But the Ren and Stimpy episode was really more about ambition shaming. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I find a post where someone's like, I'm a small business owner and I love Ren and Stimpy, then maybe they'll go listen to it. <laughs> but, but I have a lot better of a chance if I go and I say, hey, looks like this guy in the comments is telling you that women shouldn't be ambitious and that you should make yourself smaller i disagree so much the whole episode of my podcast is about it no pressure but here's the link you better believe i got a dm from that lady saying <laughs> i subscribed i listened to six episodes in a row i don't know how people listen to six straight hours of me gavin but they did <laughs> right and yeah. so that's that's because i went and said you have just like sales you have a problem my show aims to solve it i don't mm-hmm. care if that problem is making your commute better making dinner, you know, more fun to cook or bringing a million dollars into your business. I don't care, but I had to go out for people that had those problems instead of me relying on the gimmick of my show. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. Uh, and now you do all interviews. You don't do any solo shows. So uh, as a thought leader, we are hearing a lot in the industry, like that, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? How are you feeling about not having your own solo shows? I feel great about it, honestly, Mm -hmm. because uh, the final thought is mine. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. always just me. It's normally about two minutes long. So it really could be a standalone podcast episode Mm -hmm. on its own if I wanted it to be. But that's just the most authentic thing I have. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm allowed to, I write it myself. I record it myself. It's just me. It's off my heart. It's off my head. Because I have that, and because so much of my work and other marketing is Mm Annie-centric, I don't feel the need to have a non-interview show. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least not at this point. But I am also a human Rolodex, and the joy of podcasting for me is meeting Mm -hmm. people like you Mm -hmm. and if i was just doing a solo show i i mean we're about to put out our 65th episode wow congrats thank you that's 65 incredible brains that i get to call friend now Mm -hmm. if i was just doing me shows which would be great and would Mm -hmm. have value i wouldn't have those 65 i mean some of them were my friends before but i wouldn't have by and large at least 50 people who understand my heart understand what i'm trying to do and have some Mm -hmm. level of gratitude or care for me because i worked hard to position them Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have any of that yeah, well said. And I really, uh, I like that your final thought on your show, I think is a really great idea. And you record those after the episode, not live while yes. the person's there yet. And sometimes it's weeks after, right? And I like that too, because, you know, really weird example. I interviewed Holly Haynes of Crush the Rush, who is just freaking brilliant. <laughs> and we talked about the royal family. And when we talked about the royal family, the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview was about to happen, Mm. but hadn't happened yet. And so even though I didn't make the whole final thought about it, I said, hey, it's been a couple weeks since that interview. By now, everybody's been all over Oprah and this Mm. is up. And is Charles racist? We don't know. But what we do know is that how you show up for your family has to be the most important thing even when you're running a business and we saw with megan and da 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 so i could tie it in if i had just recorded it right away i probably still would have said something like well we'll see what they say on oprah and it would have come out after the fact right so it it allows me to have 
from both a pop culture and a strategic standpoint, Mm -hmm. some distance from it Mm -hmm. so that I come to my episodes fresh and new. So what I do is I send the, I send the recording to my editor, the incredible Andrew Sims. I send it to him, just the interview. That's it. No front, no back. He sends me like the mix down, all of these different things. I sit there like I would be any other podcast listener and I listen to my own show. And then I base the final thought and the homework on what comes up for me Mm. as a listener to my own show. And I have to remember to turn on kind of my beginner mind and Mm -hmm. be like, well, you know, make sure that you're not talking about yourself too much on your website. Seems really obvious to me, but it's not to other people who have been told it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons I really like to listen to my show after and then at this point you know i send it back to him thursday friday the show comes out monday fresh Mm, i love that that's a really great strategy so that you're listening as a listener um, I know so many people, myself included, I will never listen back to another episode, really? <laughs> but I, but if I was doing the final thought, I would think that's a really strong, that's a really smart move because then you're listening with a fresh mind yeah. and like a few, few days later or a few weeks later, where like the, you've kind of like let the episode settle and then mm. you keep listening with new ears and a new mindset with the intention of getting some homework and some, some actionables from it too. I think that's really great. Yay, so smart. Thanks. Yeah, Thank you're welcome. You. So much fun. So smart. And, you know, I think any one of the things that you do most brilliantly is that you really let your whole personality shine in your episodes. And so talk to us a little <laughs> bit about that, because I think some people kind of like hold themselves back or maybe we're only getting a, a three quarters of you. And oh, there's no. a whole oh, bunch no. of wild, oh, much more wild behind that microphone. <laughs> that <we're> gonna... <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So I, I'm so glad you're asking me this because I just everyone's been saying like, Annie, you need to be on TikTok. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. But what I realize is that like I refer to myself as a sales muppet. Uh, because I'm very Muppety. And what I realize is that one of the things I love about the podcast in recording the interviews is just, I think the number one word people would use to describe me is enthusiastic. And that enthusiasm is genuine. And if I bring someone onto my show, I am genuinely giddy about what they have to share with my audience. And so that comes across. And it's not that we can't keep it real. If someone's talking about, you know, something triggering or traumatic, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, right? Like, tell me more. (laughs) But most of the time, like when you and I were on, you would drop these like epic beautiful mic drops and what could i do i could sit there and i could be like well michelle what a beautiful <laughs> point that's not what i do naturally so right. what i do instead is i go ah! and like <laughs> lean away from my mic as much as i can so what i've started doing is the annie soundbite of the week and so what i started doing on tiktok <laughs> is i pulled up my phone and i go very deadpan and i go the weirdest sound i made on my own podcast this week was <laughs> this and then I'll play the sound and I'll be like, want to hear what made me make that noise? Come listen to Too Legitimate to Quit, right? Because I can do that because I'm allowing my enthusiasm to come mm, totally. through. And I'm not worried so much about being 
air quotes professional. Now it mm-hmm. scares me sometimes that with all of my loud, loud, loud nasal muppetiness, that it might be kind of hard on the listener. So sometimes I try to tone it down a little bit. And then people <laughs> ask me if I'm not feeling well. <laughs> you're not feeling good, Annie. You're not so, so you're crazy okay? today. <laughs> you sound like your episode sounded a little low energy. Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I just thought your ears might be bleeding after that last week. But you know, whatever. But but for me, it's just I'm glad it comes across as as me because it is me because what I'm doing in those interviews is I'm just being totally present. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing that I really love about my show is that there's only one scripted question Mm -hmm. uh, similar to what we're doing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, me and I know you. And so Mm -hmm. we have an idea of what we Mm want to talk about. But right now we're wandering through what you think people will need to hear or what comes out Mm -hmm. my mouth. Right. So. As such, all I have to do in that then, I don't have to worry about getting from question A to question B to question C to the close. Mm-hmm. I just ask them the opening question, rev them up and let them go. And then my mm-hmm. job as interviewer is just to be present. That's mm-hmm. it. And I feel like I know myself well enough to know if I have to be like, oh, my God, I have 17 questions in two minutes, <laughs> then I'm not going to be present. I'm not really right. going to be fully listening. But that's just me. But oh I'm sure gosh. I'm not the yeah. only one. I can totally relate to like when you have too many questions, like ready or focused on what the next question is going to be, not listening to what the answer is. And that's a huge mistake I made. Like before I started my podcast, when I was interviewing on a summit, I remember, my gosh, it was actually someone who is one of our clients now back then was like a big celebrity. And I was like, so nervous to interview him. And he had such good media bites that I was like, Oh, he answered that so quick. I'm not ready for the next question. <laughs> it was just like, it was the worst interview ever. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that happens all the time, like to the point where we just lean into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like everybody has mic drops. I don't know why I just, for a while, I started calling them tote bags because everywhere <laughs> I went, I saw like white women with tote bags with sayings on them. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a tote bag. Like that's a perfect tote bag. I don't know where that came from, but now all I have to do is if somebody says something brilliant, I just scream tote bag and then just give myself a minute to breathe. But also I don't try to hide that, like, nor do I edit it out. Right. So if you say something freaking brilliant and it blows my mind, there will be dead air as I go, well, holy stinking heck. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to come back from that answer, Michelle. Like, I don't even know you threw me for such a loop there with your brilliance. I kind of forgot we were recording for a minute. I'm just honest about it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> so fun. It's so you guys if you haven't listened to any show. You got to go listen to it. We'll put links to it in the chat. It mm-hmm. is. It is awesome. And Annie, I like how your whole show is going to have like your sound bites are going to have its own whole show too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, the- <laughs> that's awesome. <sighs> so cool. <laughs> Now we were talking about how you and I kind of have a similar uh, thought about podcasting. We're like the whole world's so focused on downloads, but really mm-hmm. what's really fascinating about the podcasting is like the people you meet through, through your interviews and through your podcast. So using podcasting yes. as a tool for networking, has that grown your business since you've been a podcaster? Oh my goodness. Yes. I've hired people that I've met through podcasting, both in and out. I've hired people I've interviewed, people that have interviewed me. I've hired them. Same vice versa, right? They've hired me when I was on their show. They came on my show and hired me, like whatever. But really, it's not even who hired who. It's podcasting and sitting down to interview with someone really can be. It's not always, but it really can be a galvanizing experience for a new relationship. And when you're sitting there with someone in their zone of brilliance, you get to know them 
at lightning speed and they get to know you at lightning speed. So you cut through all the professional preamble. Oh, hey, I saw you at the thing and I thought you might look cool. Here's an email. Maybe sometime we should have a 15 minute catch up call. Nah, man, we just talked for an hour. I know the name of your kids, right? It's different. It's got a different feel to it and it's got reciprocity in it. You showed up for me. I showed up for you. We already showed up for each other. So let's keep showing up for each other. And that to me has been invaluable. I get more referrals from podcast hosts and guests, right? I get more invitations from podcast hosts and guests. I get introduced to more people because they go, I mean, you and I were just doing this in the Mm pre-chat. You should have so-and-so on your show and you'd be really great on this show. We just do that (laughs) naturally now. Because if we were all living in the same town, we'd be like, well, let's go down to the corner bar and hang out and I'll bring a couple friends and you bring a couple friends. We don't. We live all over the world. So what do we have? Podcasting. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. You know, you said that perfectly. Podcasting is like the now, now like the, the after work hangout or the, yes. you know, the, the, the bar on the corner of the street that, you know, friends used to go to. <laughs> and yeah. so great. And what I love about the podcasting space too, everyone who's involved in it seems so nice. Like everyone's like very oh, like, yeah. like, let me look out for you. Who else should I connect you with? Who else do you want to, who, what other shows do you need? you know, whatever guests you need, everyone's so like considerate and looking out for each other and just like, you know, not, there's no zero competitiveness, even though you have a show and I have a show and we might be in the same, same space. Like there's no competitiveness, which I love. But your show and my show can be cousins. Your show and my show can be siblings. One of my very favorite things to do is showcase my swaps, right? So when this episode comes out, Mm -hmm. not only am I going to promote this episode, I also additionally, I'm going to be like looking for a great twofer. Here's me on Amplify You. Here's Michelle on TLTQ. <laughs> Bam. Right? Here's us times two. And and that feels really good and special mm. and loving and non-competitive. And at the end of the day, yeah, non-competitive. Guess what? I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be Brene Brown. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to have her success by tomorrow. Therefore, trying to have the number one business podcast for women in the world. And it's not just for women, but like, let's look at ranking, Mm -hmm. right? I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to beat Joe Rogan. Never, never. I will never. Nor do I want to be. (laughs) Nor do I want to be. Right. But like, that's what podcast. If you think that podcasting is a competitive sport, Mm -hmm. then I hope you realize your competitor is Joe Rogan because your competitor (laughs) is not Michelle Abraham. Your competitor is not Annie P. Ruggles. We are collaborators who both love the same medium and have been lucky enough to collaborate with each other. But at the end of the day, I go and listen to other people's podcasts with awe and admiration because I know how much work goes into it. And I want to make sure they get the guests they need. And I want to make sure they get the exposure they need. So I'm name dropping their shows on my show or in my social. It doesn't feel like it's taking anything away from TLTQ to be like, y'all got to go over there to amplify you and figure out what they're doing. They got two different shows and they're both great. Mm -hmm. Right. What does that take away from me? Nothing. 
Right. Yeah. And everyone's so focused on the downloads these days that it's nice to, it's refreshing to have a different point of view and something that I feel like not, I mean, we talk about a lot in some of our classes, but it's because we're in the podcasting space, but I feel like outside of it's not really talked about a lot. The the magic is in the relationships that are being made in the podcast experience and the exchanges uh, overall, anything that's what really moves the needle in your business um, when it comes to podcasting, I think. And on the guesting side as well, it's a reason it's a call to be a guest on a smaller show, yeah. right? Like, again, we all want to be on Joe freaking Rogan. I mean, I don't. I know you don't. But, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of us want to be on that top 1%, top 5% show. And those shows are great. And those shows have value, right? Mm-hmm. But the relationship can be just as strong, if not infinitely stronger, when you're one of somebody's first 10 guests. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Not to mention that the first 10 episodes, usually the most listened to episodes of a podcast. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, as such, people come to me all the time and go, should I pitch for this show? It's this and that. And I go, you you should have just stopped with, should I pitch to the show? If you like the show, then the answer is yes. Well, I went on listen notes and the listen score is not very high. It's about the relationship, the mm-hmm. interview, and it going out as marketing is a bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if someone is new to podcasting or new to the business. Somebody like you, those little shows, you'd clean up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because uh, I always, I, it's great. I have one very successful um, podcast guests that we help him get on shows. And it's interesting, his attitude different than the other guests that we manage. And his attitude is I'll get on any show because I will impact someone in their audience and I'll have, I'll create a relationship with the host. That's the attitude, which I love yep. because it's not like about the 10, the numbers, and it's not about how many mm-hmm. in the audience, you know, oftentimes those bigger shows too, don't have, they have a disconnect with their audience. They don't kind of, they don't have the same sort of dedicated following as sometimes a smaller show does. So mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting that attitude. And um, I, I was just refreshing to hear other people have similar thoughts on how, how to kind of, you know, navigate your way into relationships. It's like, do you want to be in a relationship with this person? Does this person look like a cool person to hang out with and be friends with? Then yes, bitch them. If not, then don't. (laughs) Yes. And same on the hosting side. I get hit up for people on TLTQ all the time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, if I get something from you, like somebody from you or somebody from the team at Interview Connections or somebody that I've worked with, somebody that I know, that's going to get fast-tracked. You would Mm -hmm. not send me someone without being like, they have a sense of humor. They won't Mm -hmm. think Annie's obnoxious. They'll lean into it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you'll know. But a lot of the time when I do get hit up or if I'm looking around, Mm -hmm. I don't go to social media metrics first to be like, oh my God, this person only has 400 people on Instagram. Can't (laughs) put them on my show. They won't share it. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. The myth of the big guest is real. I have interviewed some fabulous, very famous people on my show and they were wonderful guests and I was an honor to interview them and they shared the show and I got maybe two, three listens. You bring somebody onto your show with Instagram 400, they are going to get a freaking billboard with your face on it (laughs) being like, I was just on a podcast. Ah, I have literally gotten more listens Mm -hmm. from people with no list. Why? Because they're hungrier and more excited to be involved, right? So yes, for me, both as a guest and a host, metrics are important, but they're the last thing I look at. 
I love it. Annie said it. Metrics are the last thing she looks at. You said you heard it here, guys. <laughs> well, Annie, I hate to let you go, but we're up on our time, and it's been so much fun having you on. <laughs> so great, and um, I just want to allow, uh, allow you to have some last words here for those of our listeners that are sitting at home, still thinking about the whole podcasting or new to getting started. What do you have for them? If you've ever been told that you're a bit much. Welcome to podcasting, right? If you've ever been told that nobody would ever want to listen to you, you're obnoxious, you're too opinionated, you're too loud, welcome to podcasting. Uh, It's an interesting road. Not everybody will get your style, but I would much rather listen to a show like mine where someone screeches in delight (laughs) than another show where someone holds back. So if you're a bit much, be much, don't hold back. Yes, and let's hear Annie screech for us. (laughs) What? (laughs) yes i love it (laughs) all right annie thank you so so much for being with us today send us to where you want everyone to listen to your podcast to legitimate.com that's t-o-o-l-e-g-i-t-i-m-a-t-e.com awesome to legitimate.com i love it thanks so much annie and we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon oh my gosh Bye. bye Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.